bullshit. If Pa Kent was going to have Clark, Pa Kent would never tell Clark not to save somebody. He would never tell him not to help others with the, with the extraordinary gift that he was given. He would, I'm sorry, you just would not do that. I had to rant. I had to rant. Are you, are you, are you done? Am I done? Um, (laughs) tentatively, yes. Mike right now. All right, sounds good. All right. Yep, we're both uh I think we're both not really like high energy today, so apologies to folks up front. Definitely but, you know, not. Maybe I'm running yeah, on like 5 like... hours of sleep right now, so I'm very tired, but uh, yeah. I'll try to put my best uh, my best foot forward. <laughs> I think it's kind of the um might be like the the change in, you know, the daylight savings thing number 1 and number 2. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. I just like. Uh, oh yeah, it's, it's actually eight days right now, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. Maybe that's eight thirty. That sounds like it's about my time to go to bed. Um, it should be about my time to go to bed. But as you know, I'm prone to not doing that. Yeah. So this week, um, and I, I'm sure the malaise has absolutely nothing to do. I don't think there's anything else big going on right now that may be causing any kind of anxieties or you know, bad thoughts or anything. I'm pretty I can't really sure, think of uh, anything in specific, no. No, I don't think so either. I really don't know where any sources of anxiety might come from. But um beyond that, um for me, kinda of jumping into the uh consuming stuff a little bit, I haven't really been able to watch too much this week. I kind of um mainly would just watch the movies we're gonna talk about. Yeah. And uh you know Oh yeah, by the way, uh I'm Mike. And I'm Andy. <laughs> and this is fight with Mike. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you know, this. this is God, a... this is such a low energy episode. This is gonna be the. It... This is gonna be the one where they're like, you know, this is where they started going downhill in terms of quality. <laughs> oh, th- this is the one. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I don't the know. The quality level. It, look, it wasn't stellar to begin with, but now it's dropping even further. I think so. Yeah, we're gonna have we're to talk lax. to the board again. Right. I'm gonna get See, fired the by the board. Us both. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, I did talk with Mike Regal last night. He was surprised to hear that, um, you know, that he was being discussed as a replacement. So I don't know if he's getting ready or not. But uh, I would hope he is because, you know, we're going to need to jump on that pretty soon. But Right, I think so. And then we got to figure out who's going to replace you. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know any other it's Andes, gonna be... really. So we're gonna ha- it's going to be a long search. I think so. I, I don't think there's really that many. I don't think it's that common of a name. I mean, um, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we could call yeah. up like Andy Circus or something to replace me. Something like that. Yeah. I hear he's looking for something. We're high profile enough for that, right? I think so. I think we've I think we I have an need... episode with like two hundred listeners. Oh, yeah, we well one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An episode sure. with two hundred listeners. That's right. Um Yeah, so I didn't really there's no state of the pod this week, so I was kinda gonna jump into the consuming part which i kind of did earlier and then i didn't but here we are ravenous consumption time the exactly uh q zombie noise here but i um 
So yeah, I, I don't think we, mom and I watched a little succession and stuff. There's not really anything new. My journey through, uh, the walking dead continues. The one thing I can say is, um, I am looking forward to picking up the Mandalorian, um, which I haven't had a chance at. That came out on Friday. So Mandalorian 2020 walking dead in Star Trek. I should say, did you have anything? Yeah. So, um, my only new thing really is I started playing persona Four golden, which is supposed to be one of the best JRPGs of all time. But, uh, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yes, you will. What does that mean? JRPG for the Japanese role-playing game. Ah, yeah, I knew the RPG part. I didn't really know the J part. Yeah, but now I do. Um, it's an RPG yeah, from sounds... Japan. Oh, oh, okay. Thanks for explaining. Um, yeah. So I guess the other thing that might be getting us a little down to jump into our really our only our news, only news story for today for the today, and honestly, it's enough. Um, One might even say it's too much. It's a little too much. Yeah, Sean Connery died yesterday, uh, just died in his sleep at the age of 90, and that was on Halloween. Um, and it's kind of a bummer. I mean, especially, you know, since we just kind of witnessed one of his best performances when we yeah. talked about Last Crusade. Hey, I mean, he had a good um, run, right? So He had a really good run. And, um, you know, I, I did a little poking around and just to read up a little bit about him, because usually when somebody like that passes i'm kind of curious about their career and stuff but you know he was an interesting guy he uh he was born in 1930 and he he actually he joined the navy and then he uh after he was in the navy he spent some time uh believe it or not finishing coffins jesus like a really exciting career uh and he played soccer semi-professionally and then got into bodybuilding in in the 50s believe it or not um but that gave him his acting start he finished third in mystery universe in london and then uh got hired to be in south pacific a touring production oh my god who was he in south pacific uh i think he was just in the chorus because um they wanted him because he looked like a sailor and could do headstands hey fair so but but that was his um that kicked off his love of acting he um there was a quote in the the Times article today about him that where he said, um, I spent most of he spent he said, uh, I spent my South Pacific tour in every library in Britain, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. And on the nights we were dark, I I'd see every play I could, but it's the books, the reading that can change one's life, and I'm the living evidence. <laughs> um, so he is literally one of those guys who just kind of fell into acting and it became his passion, and that that was it. You know, um, and he went on to do Bond, as everybody knows. That started in '62, um, and he was in a total of eight Bond films. For the last one coming in 1983, with Never Say Never Again. Um, and until Daniel Craig came along, I I think it's safe to say he was considered the best one. I, I mean, think I think it. I think he's probably still the best one. So. He might be. Honestly, I haven't seen the old movies as much. I just I think that the Bond that he did and the Bond that Craig did are wildly different. I mean, the the old movies obviously have, like, very particularly dated attitudes. Um, so You could say that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, Sean Connery is great in them. 
He is. And, um, you know, I was never, I mean, Roger Moore probably had a longer run or at least as long. I think it might've been longer, but I, I did not like his movies at all. I, I really, I mean, when they came out when I was like 10, sure. You know, who doesn't like, you know, Moonraker when they come out of the shuttles and start shooting lasers at each other. But, uh, <laughs> you know, ultimately as an adult, when I look back on it, I, I think that to me, Connery was probably the best. And I, I just think, uh, you know, you're probably right. Cause I don't think Daniel Craig's been in it long enough. I don't think he's done as many movies and the movies were probably a little more uneven after the first couple. So, um, but yeah, he um, he also did a couple of other movies that are favorites of mine. Um, I had forgotten about this one until I read about it again, which was The Name of the Rose, which he did in 1986. And he won a BAFTA for that. And basically it was set in the Middle Ages where he was a monk basically trying to solve a mystery slash crime of why, why monks kept getting killed in the monastery. <laughs> so... Crime solving uh, a, medieval monk. That's a nice note. Yeah, that was kind of the note I I lifted out of the article. But um, but he was was great in that. And again, it was a real. I mean, he played a lot of different roles over his career, but that was kind of a a big twist, like Last Crusade was from what he normally played, which is like a super macho guy. Uh, and that movie also had a very very young Christian Slater um, in it. Um, he was in his uh, other big movie was The Untouchables in 87, um, which he won an Academy Award for, for Best Supporting Actor. And, uh, and you know, he really kind of stole that movie. And as I guess the award would indicate, he was, he was, uh, he was great. And that was kind of a, probably one of the peaks of his post-Bond career. Um, but for me, like we talked about last week, it's, it's always going to be uh, Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'll always for me. pretty much know him for, so... Right, right. Um, and yeah, so that's it. It's uh, it's a bummer, but like you said, he had a good run, and um, you know, he's 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 one of a kind. Yep. So, yep. And that leads us to our discussion for this week. change probably um we are gonna do talk about a couple of movies today yep um we're gonna two particularly man from what's that so two particularly that is correct uh we're gonna compare um superman the movie from 1978 with man of steel which was from 2013 and just kind of generally um compare them a little bit beat for beat uh, we won't do like a full walkthrough like we did with, um, like we've done with movies in the past. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's so... going to be more of a comparison than a uh, in-depth retrospective. Indeed. Oh, we're getting the Penny um, cameo right now. 
there's a cat screaming to get into my room right now, and I'm sure my mic's picking it up, so I'm just going to acknowledge it and have it make for great radio. <laughs> oh, as usual, only the highest for us. We, um, I, well, she probably came over to your room from mine because I could hear the scratching on the door. Yeah. Um, that I was not getting up to answer, but, um, our special guest. Yes. Well, you know, it's not an episode if we don't hear one of the cats or both. Yeah. So, and they do love your room. They do. They'll probably both come in after we're done, but. And, right. Uh, right. So, first up, um, just generally talking, just kind of give a little quick overview little of who was in it. Yeah. Uh, we have Superman the movie, which came out in 1978. Um, and that movie was written by Mario Puzo, who wrote The Godfather. Wild. Um, which is kind of interesting, <laughs> which is kind of wild. And it was directed by a guy named Richard Donner, who was a big director for, from the mid-70s through the uh, through the 80s. So he directed The Omen, which was probably his biggest movie before this. Uh, and afterward, he went on to direct all the Lethal Weapon movies and a movie called Lady Hawk, which had Matthew Broderick, which is, I don't hmm. know, it's uh I don't know why I put that one in there. It's not really one of my favorites, but it's what he's known for. Um <laughs> so Lethal Weapon uh, 5. That's yeah. what my mind jumps to when I hear about Lethal Weapon. <laughs> is there is there a 5? I don't even know. No, no, five. it's it's an always sunny bit. <laughs> oh wait, that's right. Yeah, what is that um What episode was that? It's there's there's I, I can't remember. There's a couple episodes where they make their own Lethal Weapon sequels, and it is uh, wildly offensive. On Always Sunny? Yeah. I know. Shocking. Who'd have thought, right? Right. Um, right. So this movie had uh, Christopher Reeve as Superman, who was kind of unknown at that time. He's great in this um, movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a spoiler right spoiler there. Spoiler alert. Um, Whoops. He, he is well, and they're like we'll talk about later. I I think they're really wildly different takes on the character. Um, I mean, I agree, but yeah, yep. Uh, Marlon Brando, one of the greats, as uh, as Jor-El. Marlon Brando. Um, <laughs> go talk with exactly. the gumballs in your mouth. And then well, people Marlon were kind of. I think people were kind of shocked when he was in this because I I was shocked was the... to realize he was in this. Are you kidding me? I had no idea he was involved with this movie. Well, I think that the the reason, I mean, so 1978, you really hadn't had any, I'm, I'm struggling to think of any, like, sure, you had fantasy movies like Star Wars, and you had, um, you know, you had TV shows like Star Trek and stuff like that, but you didn't really have any comic book movies at that point that were, that were I mean, this was a big budget, you know, big blockbuster style movie that um was probably one of the it probably was the first big comic book movie and maybe someone i don't know maybe at some point i can take a look and see but i think this was the first big one um and so they had marlon brando names like so this is like truly for for that time period was literally an all-star cast yeah marlon brando Gene Hackman, who I don't think you're familiar with, but he is one of the biggest actors probably I mean, probably of his generation. I'm familiar with Wait, he's in Young Frankenstein? Yeah, so the movies Who's he's he in known you? for Who is he in the, Young Frankenstein? He was, is he I, Kemp? I put this in I no, I put this in there for you. He was the blind man. Oh my god. Yeah. That was his cameo. Wild. So he did that. 
He made he was in the French Connection movies, which were really his that the movies that really put him on the map. Uh, a big a big um, disaster movie called The Poseidon Adventure, which I loved as a kid. <laughs> um, and just a bunch of movies. Um, one of uh, my favorites is Mississippi Burning that he did with Willem Dafoe about um, you know two FBI agents in in the South during the civil rights movement investigating a, a murder. Um, but he's done a million things over the years. But um, but they got him for this movie. He did this one. He did the sequel, and he did Superman Four, which we uh, really won't ever talk about. Um, ah, Superman Four. The Quest for Peace, and that's the last <laughs> it was ever heard of on the this show. Quest again. for Peace. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I mean, unfortunately, I mean that movie's that Reeve, movie is like notoriously terrible. <laughs> it's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, I just can't speak ill of it because you know Christopher Reeve died a while ago, and I feel bad making fun of it because I think that was his baby. Like he, that was his movie. Was it really? <laughs> it was just. Yeah, he Ouch. really wanted to make that movie, and it was pretty fucking bad. Um, Ned Beatty, who is one of my favorites over the years, um, he plays Otis. Uh, Jackie Cooper was a big actor at that time, playing Perry White. Glenn Ford was huge, just to play a brief role as Pa Kent. Yeah, he's really not in it TV. much in this movie. He's not. He's got, like, um, what, 10 minutes of runtime, maybe, that he's in? Maybe, I would say. Um, yeah, pretty much. Um, and this was also kind of, I mean, she'd been doing some movies I saw, but this was the big introduction of Margot Kidder. Um, she, Lois Lane was kind of her big thing. And I think that was the main, um, kind of the main thing she was known for throughout her career. I don't think she really did much else after this. That was like a big movie. I think she did the Amityville Horror in 79, which is a big hit. Um, but beyond that, I can't really recall too many movies that she was in. Although she did work right up till her death in 2018. That I do, I do have one question for you. Yeah. Can you read my mind? <laughs> Why don't you hold that? Honestly, I was trying to put together this comparison format that we're gonna do, and and I can't remember. You're gonna have to pull these things back for me because that's one shit show we gotta talk. We about. gotta put, um, we gotta at least bring it up, right? Like, oh my god! I mean, it it is <laughs> probably the most cringeworthy that moment. It's so entire cringeworthy. Movie. Oh my god! Yeah. It's so cringeworthy. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute, um, but we'll talk about it soon. <laughs> um, this also has Valerie Perrine as Miss Tech Tech Mark Test Test Marker. Um, she's pretty damn hot. Yeah. Um, I mean, she is great not denying that. And, <laughs> no, uh, but she really adds a lot to the movie, and we'll get into that later. I, normally, it would be a pretty minor part, I think, but but she really, her presence is great. Um, and last, I wanted to call out, give a, a brief shout out to Terrence Stamp. Um, he, I think we talked Sir, about not appearing in this Menace. film. <laughs> well, I think that they planned like from the front to do two movies. And no, I mean, I'm sure they did, but. Because this yeah. is post Star Wars, so I'm I'm sure they were planning to do two. Uh, yeah. So he um. He makes his early entrance as Zod, and then you know he's only in it for like five minutes, and then uh, but it's great. He he kind of chooses scenery for sure. And then they put him in the floating rhombus. That's right. Forever to wah, 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 almost wah. forever. Forgive me. <laughs> Sorry. 
Um, and the other movie, the other contender in the other corner, is Man of Steel from 2013. So that was directed by Zack Snyder. A divisive who, movie, to be sure. I was going to say he is kind of the lightning rod for people who either love what's going on in the DCEU or hate what's going on in the DCEU. Are there really people who love what's going on in the DCEU? Well, I'm using love in a real kind of loose sense. Because, like, um, look, I'm, I, I, I'm, as I'm sure we'll get into, like, I don't hate this movie or anything. Like, I don't love it, but, like, it's all right. Like, it's no uh, it's no Dark Knight, for sure. But, like, and, and you can obviously tell it's chasing the shadow of the Dark Knight. But, like, it's not a bad movie. It's got a lot of issues, but it's not bad. Um, well, I think the, I, I think the, but like looking, the comparison to, to Dark Knight is good because uh, I saw in the credits that um, Chris Nolan helped write this movie. So it makes a lot of sense. But, like, watching this movie, you'd have no idea what kind of shit show you were in for with the rest of the DCEU to follow. Like, at least no, this because... movie is, like, coherent. You know what I mean? Like at least there's a well, at least there's a plot that I can follow what's happening and kind of get invested in, you know. We're gonna we will have to talk about um, probably this in conjunction with BVS at some point. But uh, dude, but this movie is like that... Citizen Kane compared to Batman v Superman. <laughs> God, that movie sucks. What a shit uh, show that I'm, one was. I'm 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 not gonna say that that was a good movie i'm just gonna say that there were things i liked about it um see like your take on justice league for your take on time your take on justice league is like my take on bvs and then i also hate justice league (laughs) 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 like (laughs) that's where i'm at for that like uh no i mean i i can't yeah i mean I, i yeah i I don't know. That's honestly, if we go down that road, we're going to be there forever. I think, so. I think if you watched Batman v Superman again, you would hate it as much as I do. Maybe, but I mean, I will say Zack Snyder, cause you know, I also noted he kind of made his name with 300. Yeah. That was his Watchmen. big thing, right? Oh my and God. His movies, he did Watchmen. I think, well, I mean, I also thought Watchmen wasn't bad. I haven't I seen Watchmen. it. I don't, I don't know. So, I th- I thought he did a pretty good job with Watchmen. I think the problem. I heard is it's very that... inaccurate to the comic book. No, I actually don't think so at all. I think it's it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty accurate. If he just takes some liberties with the final with the end. Hmm. So, um, I thought he did a pretty great job adapting the material, but um, but ultimately that movie has other reasons why I don't think it caught on. So. Um, it that that's a difficult movie to make. Yeah, I think, uh, to say the least. Um, and so this movie is also got some pretty big stars in it. Uh, it was released in June of 2013 on the 75th anniversary of Superman. Huh. Uh, obviously starring Henry Cavill as Superman. And I put this note in here just for you because because I said he, he used be... I said he had to be juicing, and apparently he wasn't. Okay. He ref he refused to take steroids to muscle up for the role. He also refused any digital touch-ups or enhancement to his body in his shirtless scenes. He said it would have been dishonest of him to use trickery while playing Superman. I wanted to push his body to the limits. Honestly, um, pretty based. That's that's actually really sick. Like, okay. I actually point there. One of the other note but Yeah, one of the other notes I took out was like he literally had to diet like this extreme kind of bodybuilderish diet where you 
to get down to like seven percent body fat for like two <laughs> scenes without it without a shirt holy on holy shit man that's insane exactly so um so yeah that's dedication that is indeed uh, dedication is... holmes exactly he stars opposite of amy adams as lois lane um we have diane lane as martha kent uh russell crowe everybody's favorite as jor-el and i'm javier do yeah, not forget my name I, i'm sorry i'm not gonna do my uh russell crowe as javier or as javier um impression for the rest of the show but the problem is most people aren't going to understand. Uh, yeah, but the people the bad. people who do though will will hear that and they'll know exactly like how accurate that is and they'll they'll love it <laughs> because that is a hundred percent accurate to how he sounds singing that part. Like man, and honestly, when I hear you sing, I think it sounds good. So I I can't tell. They didn't even like hire a vocal bad. coach for him. It's wild. <laughs> no, really? well, no, I don't think they. I I think they might have, but they didn't. It didn't work. Um, fair enough. Yeah. Um, that was probably something he got because he said, listen, if you want me to do this movie, I got to have this one. Yeah. So, well, I don't know, man. Um, anywho, it wasn't uh, great <laughs> playing, playing Superman's other dad, Pa Kent. And this one is none other than the one and only Kevin Costner of, uh, the, uh, Waterworld and Postman fame. The Postman. Um, yeah, nobody remembers because it was a shitty movie. Is it, it like wait, big, okay, wait. Big... Is Waterworld really fame, or is that more infamy? It's infamy, I was joking. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, his, his big movies really were, um, like, he got his, uh, what was his big, actually, the, the funny, like, side note that most people don't know is that he, I believe he had a bunch of film scenes, like, flashbacks. He was the, the guy... Do you, are you aware of the movie The Big Chill? Maybe not. It's no, I, I have no idea what that is. It was kind of one is of those... Is it like Scorcher 6 Global Meltdown, but in real life? That's exactly what it is. Uh, no, it's, it's oh. the exact opposite. It's basically like a little... It had. It was kind of um, another one of those all-star movie kind of uh, um, ensemble cast movies where a bunch of friends from the 60s get together because one of their friends committed suicide. And the friend that committed suicide was Kevin Costner. And he had filmed a bunch of flashback scenes, and then they cut them all out. Oh. <laughs> but Yeah, but I, I played that... the guy who committed suicide. Sir not right, appearing but... in this film. Exactly, but I think that that got him other roles, because within like five years, he was one of the biggest names in Hollywood. Like He went on to do... Um... So he was Sean Connery's co-star in The Untouchables, right? Hmm. Um he was in a big, big movie called Bull Durham. It was a comedy about baseball and did really well. Uh, and then he himself directed a movie called Dances with Wolves in the 90s that won like eight Academy Awards or some shit like that. Like he, he became a really huge thing in the 90s um, and then kind of faded off a bit. But he's still kind of a pretty big actor um, and he's kind of a big get for this kind of movie. Um as is Mr. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, he's favorites. a name you wouldn't expect to see in a movie like this. I won't lie. No, but he is great as Perry White in this movie. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I've never seen a movie that I thought he was bad in. I don't think I never. have either. Yeah, and he's been in a lot. <laughs> so He's very uh, good at choosing movies, his projects, I guess. <laughs> John Wick. He did. He was in a Oh, my God. Uh, he's so great version. in John Wick. He's the uh, the pigeon guy, right? Right. Yeah, he's he, oh, he's um, so much fun in those movies. 
he um he also starred as Othello in um I think it was a Kenneth Branagh production of Othello back in the '90s. The guy has literally done just about everything, and he has absolutely no training as an actor. <laughs> like he he just started acting as a kid, and he never looked back. The training is the experience. Exactly. Um. So I love that guy, and honestly, another bone of contention on this one for us is going to be uh, Michael Shannon as Zod because I love this guy. I, I, um, he doesn't do it for me. If 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 that I, was uh if that was anything, if if your prior statement was anything to go by, but yeah, yeah, we're we're not going to agree on this just to let everybody know up front. But um, he plays Zod and um in a much different take on it than um. Superman the movie, which honestly makes sense because I mean these two are Zod is not in movies. Superman the movie really, so <laughs> like he's in it for like two seconds. No, but honestly, you and I will have to watch Superman too because that movie is a lot of fun. Um, spoiler alert: they get free. I try to kill I would never have thought. I'd never have thought that. I know. It's a shocking development. I mean, um, everybody knows that Zod notoriously is sent to the Phantom Zone and always stays forever in Superman canon. Right. That, he that always the the stays story. there. They always just send him there and he stays. Like, that's what the that's, that's what right. the whole point is. I think so. I mean, once you're in there, you can't get out. That's right? that's, so, I mean, that's, that's literally the entire point of it, is that once you're in, you right. can't get out. So just, just like Man of Steel, it's only five minutes long. Yeah, he never so, comes back right. after the after the beginning. He, he goes into the Phantom Zone, and that's it. The credits were done. Yeah. So, um, right. So, how do you want to proceed, son? I mean, Let's I guess see. just uh, we can jump into this little chart you've got, kind of. I know. I'm such a nerd. Data, um, man. All right. So, there's, there's really not... Obviously, it's two Superman origin stories, so there's not really... A, um, plot wise well they are well, much different there's they're very different plots in my opinion but uh yeah well the the origins are the same pretty much although yeah. they're told in slightly different ways so well they condense it down in the in the original one into one linear part of the story whereas in the new one they kind of adapt it separately in in flashbacks Right, they both start on Krypton. They crypt or Krypton. Krypton. If you're if you're from if, Honestly, you're, if you're from 1978, it's Krypton. <laughs> that that totally fucked with me, by the way, because I almost just said that for real. Yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I that that's one thing that uh, while not like a you know an unforgivable sin, it was definitely annoying to me. <laughs> well, that's Marlon Brando saying, "I'm I'm not gonna pronounce it like that. Fuck off." So like, like you know who I am? I'm Marlon Brando. They're Kryptonians. <laughs> right, Krypton. Um, right. Well, we so... got the the council. We have to get off Krypton. If we don't get off Krypton, we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad, man. That's Jor El from I, 1978. If they if they do any more um, Godfather video games, I think that uh, I think that's you got a shot. Um, but. I have to say, so right from the get-go, these movies are wildly different. Yeah, like, both like, aesthetically love... and tonally, and uh, you know, in literally every way. Right. I mean, and I just, I mean, like when we watched, we watched Man of Steel first, 
and then we watched the 78 Superman. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it starts, the 78 Superman starts with that, you know. Yeah, dude. Fan- the yeah, the like, title cards. Really, oh, my God. The title cards. They're so you're great. In a theater, you're in a theater, and or you're with a boy with a comic book. And it and sets the tone perfectly, right, for what perfectly, you're watching. Like, exactly. This is your – it's telling you because, like I said, this is this is the first comic book movie probably, first real one, big budget movie. Yeah. And they're telling you, especially in the 70s, which, you know, like uh, like we like we learned about with Star Wars, right? They were mostly kind of gritty, realistic movies. Um, um and and this is telling you right from the get go, like, all right, put all that aside. Yeah, it's like you are literally watching land. a comic book right now. Like, this is not right. realistic, basically. And you're and you're like, okay. I mean, I didn't expect it to be because it's literally about an alien god man who comes to Earth and hides as a Kansas boy. But um, you know, it's 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 a really good tone setter. It, but that that's exactly it. I feel like that that literally just tells the audience it's okay to to not be real all right it's it's okay to engage yeah. in fantasy let let you know just relax we're going to take you on a ride and then it literally goes through the movie theater screen and out into space and when those title sequences come up yeah like, oh my you and i both just yeah. looked at each bum, other and we're like bum, bum, bum. yeah and we we just looked at each other and we're like, that is just fucking perfect. Yeah, just yeah, the yeah. Big, the biggest, dun, biggest dun, life lettering, dun, 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 you know, dun, dun, dun. the theme crescendo. Yeah, it's such a good theme song too. Oh my god, it's amazing and unforgettable yeah, it's, theme song. It, again, right? So you had Jaws in '75, uh, Star Wars in '77, and this movie in '78, and like it's like John Williams can't lose, right? Yeah. Like, five years right um leading up to indie but yeah and it just you literally don't care that the credit sequence is 10 minutes long because the music is so great and it just everything is just sucking you into this world um and you know to the point where where you end up on krypton and uh uh, and they krypton uh, krypton should i just say krypton we're on talk about 78 in in 78 superman we're on krypton (laughs) we're on krypton okay so on krypton um and that whole sequence is is um it's a little more understandable than what we get in man of steel which we'll talk about in a second right yeah do you agree with that i mean it's like they don't pretty simplified like they're just like hey we're a highly advanced society on like a crystal planet which i thought was kind of cool like all of krypton is made of like crystal basically in the in the 78 version um right and they're like we're hyper futuristic society and we live on crystal world and then we um you know we 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 blow up after we send <laughs> after we send kal-el to space this is this is the low energy we were talking about <laughs> yeah and then we blow up and then we blow up and yeah okay. oh yeah. Uh, yeah they blew up uh, well <laughs> so what i meant was it was more like it's more identifiable today, right? Where you have basically there's somebody, a scientist telling them that doom is coming and, and they're like, they don't want to no. Right. So it's like, it's like the climate change debate in reverse where you have in their case, one guy telling them that they're all wrong. And then, you know, 
as opposed to in reality here where you have most scientists scientific consensus real right um but anyway it's the hubris right like we've seen the data i don't think it's a big deal and then the planet blows up (laughs) yeah um and in in man of steel that was that was so weird they're like they're like oh we're not going to evacuate the planet even though we know it's going to explode well, that's what I meant. They so know like, and admit yeah. that the planet is going to explode, but they don't. Yeah. They don't want to do anything about it because they just. They. They don't, don't want to. Well, I don't that's get the it. The thing too is that they they've been a, a spacefaring race they established for. Yeah. Like they send years. scout ships to other planets. Like they know right. that Earth is a habitable planet to them and stuff already, but they just decide not to leave. Yeah, it's like what are they? Are they like the people from Wally? Like they just can't get out of the Yeah, they're just like they're just like four thousand pounds sitting molded <laughs> into a chair. Like yeah. Yeah, honestly but that was the it's most It's so it's seriously like it. it it's such a weird like it, it just doesn't make sense. It, it did, that it does not make sense. sense. I feel like, so he's just trying to establish that they are in decline. It's established also that they are... I feel like it was, I feel um, like it was, okay, do you know why I think they did that? You know why I think they chose to have them be like, we know it and we're still not going to do it. You know why? It's because it was to make it edgier. No, it was to make it edgier. Um, I I don't know what that means. It was to make, no, it was to make the movie like more edgy. Because it's like, it's Why? like, because it's like, we're the secretly corrupt government council who know that the, that the world is doomed. But even though we know it's doomed, we're still not going to do anything about it. Like that kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I couldn't. Well, it wasn't clear to me that they believed it or not. Did they say they knew it? I mean, I yeah, they did. They, they did. They said they knew it was going to ha- Like they never deny that it's going to happen. They just right. say we're not going to do anything about it. Right, and then they try to like and arrest Jor El for doing something about it, or like for for sending his son away. Well, I don't no, know. what happened Dude, was what, no, like, no, it was weird. Well, no, I mean, what happened was was that, and actually, what I the part I liked about the sequence in Man of Steel was uh, Zod comes in with a coup, right? It's it's he yeah, comes in, he he takes over the council, he kills. Well, he's over. he's more directly involved in this version because he's literally like the main villain of the movie, so. Well, right, but I mean, at the same time, he he more more so because of the tone of this movie, and because of what Zod was in the other movie. In this movie, he's more empathetic. In this movie, you you see that he and Jor El actually know each other and have respect for each other. He tries to get Jor El to side with him in this because he also feels the council has has committed treason. Or actually, I don't think Jarrell thinks that he's trying to get them to see reason, but but in Zod's view, reason or treason, as, I don't know which. <laughs> is that Ben Shapiro? No, well, uh, it, it's not Ben <laughs> Shapiro. But now that you're bringing up uh, Ben Shabibo, uh, Zod looks like Ben Shapiro in this movie, and I it I was that, re- it really threw me. It really I threw me. I won't really lie. Your, I think that's really your problem with it. No, um, it's not because. I do hate Ben Shapiro with every fiber of my being. I do hate him, but um, it's not like he acts like him. He just like kind of looks be, like him a little bit. To be clear, for those who don't know, uh, Ben Shapiro is a really annoying right wing blogger. He, right? He's a fascist. He's a fascist pundit. Yeah, 
Pretty much, yeah. Thank you. Um, so, right. So they established that he and Jarrell actually are have respect for each other, but Jarrell feels that he has gone too far and is off the deep end. And they also established that as part of the decay of the society, right? It's like a planned society in the sense that they every every child yeah, it's is brave new world genetically society so, like that. Thing. Is that what it, I've never read that? I cliff noted that in high school, so it's effectively um, what it is. It's like the baby okay. born in vat for a specific thing, right? So yeah. they established that it's it's kind of a there's no unplanned births except for Kalel, which he and Lara have in secret. So. Um, He's an illegal and, baby. Right, exactly. Does, does that make him an illegal alien at some point? I guess so. Well, he's um, an illegal alien on Earth, probably, because I well, don't know if he... They both are, right? I don't know if he ever got any kind of documentation to immigrate to the to, to Earth. Speaking of, how oh. the hell does Clark Kent get a job? He does not have a social security number. No, he must. How does he have a social security number? He's literally from space. Well, I mean, they must get him one when he gets here yeah but then you're like oh i have this mysterious kid did you adopt him uh i think you just ended both of the movies <laughs> yeah yeah, can't yeah, go yeah. Any further. Like, there you go i uh i solved the movie right there you can just say oh it's my sister's kid he's from canada super um, he never superman died. four he never the search one. for his green card <laughs> 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 oh my god that's uh well well played my son my son um yeah so the it's also a huge action sequence which i thought was pretty well done i felt I like mean, they spent it, too much time on it though to be honest with you maybe maybe a little bit i don't i don't do with... you don't need the whole like you didn't you did not need the whole like space chase thing you know what i mean you could have cut from like okay you would you could have cut from like the council scene to where like zod comes and tries to stop him from shooting baby boy kal-el into space well it depends on whether you not that whether or not you think that the codex is important because they established that he gets it, the codex i mean do you really have it, to go through all that thing of like him like oh i'm stealing it from birthplace just be like i stole this it's the genetic material of all of krypton um maybe i think i don't know i feel like you didn't need it but i mean i could it have been done a little like shorter probably but, yeah um i i don't know i i think that the codex is kind of central to zod's plot so he does have to get it but i mean you know for me, the uh, I kind of well, actually, I would say too, like a flaw with seventy eight Superman's opening is like if you want to talk about going on too long, that fucking speech that Marlon Brando gives before. Oh he my god, ship, that was a long speech, dude. Marlon Brando's just soliloquizing speech. to. Well, I guess he's monologuing technically because there's other people there, but like he's just standing there over the ship that 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 Cal El is in, and he's just like going on and on and on he's like and now i'm going to give you all of my knowledge and you will be the successor <laughs> to our race going on into the and you're like dude just oh, shut no, no, the no. fuck you're, up and launch the rocket out. the planet's about to explode like you're you're right it would have been great if it blew up while he was talking but I mean, <laughs> yeah it, it, the 
The thing you're leaving out, though, the thing that I keep oh, yeah, yeah, up yeah. on, is like he's, he's sitting there, he's holding his beautiful wife, who he made the baby with, and he's going on about my son. My you son. You will carry on my knowledge. My, yeah, he's like, my me. legacy. Have, There's no one else. In, there is no like, one else in this room who has factored into this situation. <laughs> Literally not you, one other person ever factored into this, <laughs> into your, this child. Your mother was only just a vessel of my genetic material. She contributed uh, nothing, so I yeah. give her no credit. And she just sits there and goes, thanks, honey. Yes, yeah, dear. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Lara in the newer movie is a little more like independent and kind of strong and badass, which is pretty cool. Overall, I, I feel like, blown for up. me, the, the, the 78 Superman makes a little more sense. It makes more um, sense, and honestly, like I think it's just like it's nice. It's pretty short and sweet outside of, uh, you know, the obvious of like the droning speech of Jor-El, you know, from uh, outside of that, it's pretty just like condensed. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to give the nod to man of steel because just, first of all, I'm a fucking horror for the action. And second I don't know. of all, um, I just, I like, Zod and I like um I do like Russell Crowe as I don't I don't dislike Russell Crowe as Jor-El. I think he's a good choice for that character actually. Um but I don't know. I mean for the for me like this segment's kind of just a toss up, you know? Like I don't really have a strong preference either way in in this specific for for just like the opening kind of scenario. It's just kind of like I think they both just handle it in different ways. Um and I think I'm like I I don't know I don't really have a, a strong preference. No, you must choose. No, you don't have to choose. Nah. So that's fine. Toss up. There's other stuff I'm uh, gonna definitely choose on. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're gonna take a, a fucking big fat dump on one of these, and I think we already know which one. Well, um, I, I no no okay you're 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 poisoning the well right now against me. You're poisoning <laughs> the well. I'm not gonna take a big fat dump on anything. I'm going to criticize things that I do not like in both of these movies because there's definitely stuff i don't like in both of them that's fair and um and we'll we'll probably talk you know we'll probably try to do a little bit of a wrap-up at the end about just kind of overall but yeah i mean there's definitely stuff that doesn't work in both i i do agree well we'll, we'll get into it but can we, co- um, can we compare can we can we compare the uh the the childhood segments the the Pa Kent the Pa Kent because uh, I need to get into Pa Kent <laughs> I need to get in well, I need to air my grievances about well, Pa Kent well but wait a minute let's let's start though with the good one because I really feel like in seventy eight Superman uh, it's wholesome Ford is pretty great it's it's just it's just wholesome it's it, it is and and he he has the perfect amount of charisma just the kind of yeah. the plain guy the farmer with with a big heart. Um, real soft-spoken guy, but but calm and a, a real soothing infinite in, um, influence on his son. A soothing infinite wisdom. That's what it sounded like you were about to say. No, it's just me stuttering over my words because oh. uh, I do that. Um, and yeah, I just I really I really liked it, and you know you really feel bad. You kind of he croaks. Yeah, you feel yeah. bad. He croaks like even after just seeing him for like ten minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he just stops and goes, oh my. And yeah, and then he just drops face. dead. Like, <laughs> that's it. Oops. And it and it's short and it's to the point. Yeah. Right. It gets um, it done. It gets it done very quickly. 
You don't really have to spend too much time on it. And most importantly, he fosters Superman's sense of justice. He does. He well, he does it not just the the sense of justice, but he makes him understand that you know he can't just show his powers for no reason, right? Yeah, it's not, he, that he's saying it's that he not for his own them. personal gain. It sh- he shouldn't right. be using them for his own personal gain. Basically, is what he says. Which is he says obviously he what should uh, or shouldn't. He says he shouldn't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that's a different yeah, no, the whole I got. <laughs> he gives a whole speech about, like, don't use it to show off and beat up on bullies. you got to use it to right. for, for a greater purpose. Although the football, when he kicks the football. That's oh, yeah, that's great. Funny. Yeah. Uh, and the, the racing the train was a little hokey, but I still like yeah, it. Yeah, that, uh, you know? that effect was, was dated for yeah. sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, and the kid that plays him as a young man, as a teenager, is, is pretty good. It's the same yeah. vibe, right? He's a clean, wholesome guy, you know, who, uh, um, you know, just luckily didn't end up in a trailer park with uh, <laughs> with a fucking drunk, abusive dad. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, Although we were joking yeah. around. We were joking around, like, what if Superman, like, if Superman was actually raised in, like, rural middle America by... <laughs> <laughs> elderly white people and it's like right. you know he comes down from right. the heavens he saves everybody and then there's just like you know one black guy and he's like oh interesting seeing you here and it's like super racist superman he's like homelander from the boys basically because he was raised pretty by, much <laughs> you know i think i think you're describing a homelander <laughs> yeah well well that's why i just said he's basically winds up being homelander from the boys because he was no i, I was just agreeing raised right? in yeah, he traditional rural american values honestly later he says he says i'm for truth justice in the american way and i was like oh so you're for neither of the two things you just said before that (laughs) (laughs) ouch yeah uh oops well i would say that he is for uh the real american way which is what you and i believe in nobody else a real american he truly believes in freedom and equality. Yeah, well, I'm sure. Because this movie was written by liberals, and that's what they meant. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, although, you, when you when we talk about this, it, it reminds me of probably one of the funniest SNL skits I saw of the of the original cast, where Superman ends up landing in Nazi Germany, and yeah. he's Uberman. It's Uberman. Uberman. I fight for untruth, injustice, and the Nazi way. Well. Um. Anyway. I mean, Dan Aykroyd, great moment. I thought it was funnier than it just sounded, but uh, yeah, I'm sure it's great so, when you actually watch the sketch. There was, there's one scene where he, he he stares at a man's crotch and he goes, "That man is a Jew," and yeah, it's he gets carted off. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty, um, yeah. So there's that. Um, but you contrast that with. Um, your favorite podcast. I don't like this. Man of Steel. I don't like podcast in this movie. Okay, Continue. cut me loose, motherfucker. Here's where I go. <laughs> okay, Kent in this movie is bad. Okay, he is bad in this movie. The way they write him is cringe and it sucks. Right. So, in this movie, Pa Kent tells Clark like three times not to save people 
with his powers. He's just he just straight up tells him like don't save people. Like he and and the way he dies is like Clark could literally run out and save his life, but then he just dies for no reason. And because he literally just tells Clark to not save people and not help when there's a natural disaster happening. And you're like so why do you why do you think that is? Why do I think it is? I think it's because it's cringe. No, I mean, obviously they're setting up, it's like, oh, they don't want him to, they don't want people to know about Clark's powers. They don't want it to get out. And I'm like, bullshit. If Pa Kent was going to have Clark, uh, Pa Kent would never tell Clark not to save somebody. He would never tell him not to help others with the with the extraordinary gift that he was given. He would, he, I, I'm sorry, you just would not do that. I had to rant. I had to rant. Are you? Are you are you done? Am I done? Um, <laughs> tentati- I tentatively, yes. Uh, all right. At least as of now, I, I do I not like it at all. I do not like I, that at all. Sam, I am. Uh, I I don't entirely disagree. Um, I do get the vibe of, and I, in some senses, I agree with this Pod Kent in that you know you are afraid that this person you love with these gifts could become um vilified or feared for those i mean it's it's not like human beings are well known for their ability to embrace the unknown or things that they don't fully understand right so but i I do feel like you know the the mixed messages of like he wants him to be safe but at the same time you know, to tell him to not do anything. Yeah, like, is a I just, odd. I just feel like, like without, if that's how his parents raise him, right? Like, how how does how does Superman grow up to be Superman? You know what I mean? Like, well, at the same time, they both both Pa Kent's tell him you you're you are here for a reason. We believe you're here for a reason. Um, yeah, they, but they both think that Pa Kent and Man of Steel potentially... doesn't think that reason apparently is to help people. So, <laughs> right, and and they both. I mean, Pa Kent, you know, Costner Pa Kent is saying, you know, you will have to make a choice of what kind of man you want to be. Um, which I also agree with. There's a lot of choice involved here, and and generally, I think that this the Snyder movie is more of of a of a contrast in in you know, whether or not you can trust people and whether or not to have hope and faith. I mean, they come right out and say, right, the S on his chest means hope. I mean, they're, yeah. they're clubbing you over the head with it, right? Also, both movies and the Endless Jesus story, symbolism. Endless Jesus, Jesus symbolism. Jesus out the ass. And I don't think I've ever heard anybody ever say it like that before, but this yeah. is uh, all kinds of Jesus. And, Jesus and, and out I don't, the ass. Honestly, yeah. again, this is a more understandable Jesus for me because it's more plausible. But it literally is. It's way more plausible. Yeah, right. I would be way more yeah. likely to believe Superman was real than Jesus. That is correct. So, or than God, I should say. I don't know. Right, but they definitely like Man of Steel. I think really. I mean, Brando does in his speech. And Dude, the head, the, the 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 symbolism in Man of Steel. It's not even symbolism. It's so heavy-handed. Like no, it, it is a clubbing over the head. They club you like a baby. There's steel. like six Sorry, times where he like directly takes on like cross position. You know what I mean? Like there, there's that. And then when he's in the church trying to decide whether or not to surrender to yeah. God. You know, he's literally in front of a, of a stained glass window of painting of Jesus during the Stations of the Cross, right? I mean, it's quite literally. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
I wonder what they're trying to say. I can I can read metaphors. Um, but you know, you don't really have to go that far with it. So that's kind of a bit of a ding, I think. But Yeah, I mean, um, I would have appreciated more subtlety there. I won't lie. And you get that with 78, right? I yeah. Mean, it's kind of, yeah. It's uh, kind they, of implied and not just explicitly like right. He's Jesus, you see? You know, like <laughs> that that's kind of, like that's just kind of a thing that in general i feel like the superman or the i generally feel like man of steel is missing is kind of like the idea of subtlety in general you know what i mean not that not that not that 78 is very like subtle but it's i don't know it's less like bombastic in a lot of ways and it's more founded on like the character interactions you know what i mean they're they're much different stories right um so superman 78 is a real kind of intro movie right here's the character yeah here's the people to care about um you know here here's a here's your villain and he solves that and they have set up for the next uh which if you saw superman 2 it's a little more like like obviously because Zod's the main bad guy that it's more like Man of Steel in that sense. Mm. Uh, if you so in that sense you're we're kind of comparing apples and oranges because that movie has yeah. huge battles, right? And this movie is about it's a war, right? So um, I mean, but before, it's not really a war. It's like a a few people in conflict with each other, but that those few people like 10, are very 000. well. Those few people happen to be very powerful, but. Yeah, right. But there's a lot of collateral damage. But we'll get we'll get into that. But I I kind of feel like to the, I, um I I don't know. I feel like calling it a war is a mischaracterization. You know, because to me, well, what it feels like is more of a personal grudge. But well, we we can get into that in a minute. But um, in terms of the uh the beginning part, so in the transition to Superman, um, so in '78 he goes as a young man he. He hears the calling of the crystal, and then he goes way yeah, up north. He, goes, he walks through. He, he walks through the. Uh, he walks through right. Frosty the Snowman, or no, no, more like <laughs> it's more like right. Rudolph. It's more like the set from Rudolph, or Elf. I would say, yeah, uh, Elf. Yeah, you can see the narwhal. Um, but he builds the Fortress of Solitude and spends basically twelve years there, being educated by his holographic dad. Yeah. Uh, his AI dad, and then yeah, I love how he's just like zooming through space with the face of uh, Marlon Brando, going like, "This year we will cover the various states of morality," like all that kind of stuff. Right, right, right. And then you versus Man of Steel, where he kind of gets the intro to his dad and then learns how to fly in five minutes. Yeah. Um. So I kind of feel like there's a little more. Okay, believability sounds like a really strong word to use for these movies. I mean, believability is relative, so is relative. But I, I do, I do like the transition more from Young Clark to Superman, where he basically spends a dozen years becoming Superman. Well, because it right? also gives it also gives us something else that we're probably going to talk about later in terms of when we're comparing Clark Kent's, where it's like it gives us that like he ha- he's basically like a person who's stuck in the fifties, but living in the seventies. Right. Like and culturally guess, he's from the fifties still. Right. And, and you don't get that with man of steel. He's kind of, you, you jump into after, uh, 
Krypton because it's his Man of Steel. Yeah. After those sequences, you basically flash forward to he's a man in his twenties. Yeah. And and or maybe even thirties at I, that point. And like the arc of him like deciding to become like what what led him to decide to become Superman in that movie? Do you know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's just not as clear to me. While well, watching I, it. I, I think it's a little more abrupt because he they find the spaceship, he goes off, he has a conversation with his AI dad again, and this time Kevin, uh, not Kevin Costner, um, Russell Crowe, and which actually it's not a bad sequence, it's well done. He yeah, gets a five minute. He gets the five minute history of Krypton. It's kind of um, cool. They do like that visual like effect. It's kind of a cool effect. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Man of Steel is just visually stunning, right? Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes it is. But there's uh, definitely some stuff. Oh, I'm yawning. See, you can tell I'm on five hours of sleep. I can tell. There's definitely you, some stuff in Man of really, Steel that does not look good. You're really into this conversation. I can tell. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I I am. I'm just dead yeah, tired because yeah. I haven't slept. But um, Man of Steel, there's a few effects in it that really look not good, um, in my opinion, but. For the most part, it looks pretty great. Um, true. Uh, yeah, but but in terms of the transition, I guess going back to that, um, yeah, I, that's where I kind of have a little bit of trouble with Man of Steel, where he just kind of, you know, he gets the intro like we said, and then he gives him the suit, and then he just starts trying to fly, and he figures it out. Um, yeah, he just is like, I'm gonna jump a few times, and now I'm flying. Right. <laughs> you know exactly. Like, he read the book How to Jump, and then all of a sudden he knows how to fly. Yep. Just, uh, you know, give him a few hours, he's good. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But that gets us into the main... And then my other thing my other thing is, like, his dad says to him in, in Man of Steel, he's like, this is your Kryptonian suit, or whatever. And, like, his suit looks nothing like what people on Krypton were wearing in the beginning of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems a little weird. It seems like um, it's very out of place. But, but to be fair, I mean, in in the other <laughs> Superman, right, he, they, he gets his red suit, and that looks nothing like what they were wearing in the beginning of the movie either. Yeah, I mean, but they don't say it's like a Kryptonian suit, like a legacy Kryptonian suit. He just kind of gets it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. They they didn't. I don't know. Maybe really he designed case. it himself. Maybe it's. I don't know. But I, I think in either case, they don't really kind of do much explaining of that. Yeah, but I feel like in I feel like in the case where they do explain it, it makes it make less sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where like when when you sometimes when you provide an explanation for something, the explanation makes it dumber than if you didn't explain it. You know what I mean? Um, perhaps, although I will say, you know, to jump forward a little bit, when Zod sheds, in Man of Steel, when Zod sheds his armor, he's Yeah, he does have the spandex thing. So, I don't know. it's a, it's a little bit closer to that, I think, so, um, but I guess we'll have to leave it at that, because neither movie really does a good job of explaining it, so. Yeah. Um. He just kind of gets the suit. It's there. I will, I he will say that. Yeah, I mean, I will say that um, one thing that um, 78 Superman has is they have a better intro of the character, right? There's a whole hel- the whole helicopter scene. 
Oh yeah, um, which is great. there's that whole like thing where he does like his first night on patrol, and it's really good. It's really great. All, right from the beginning, like when he the whole movie just, is just super happy go lucky kind of too. It, yeah, in it's a, a lot very, of ways. Until it's not at certain points, and it's kind of jarring, actually. But right Um, when he when he he, the bit where he goes up to the the modern phone booth that's that has no enclosure. (laughs) It's just like a half phone booth. He gives it a a once up and down, Um, and uh, just everything. It just establishes the tone of like you know, it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be light for the most part. I think my Um, favorite bit of that whole thing is where. he he that you know he he gets the the ship full of um the, or the people who are like hijacking the boat <laughs> and then the <laughs> right. he pull he drops it outside like the the police headquarters at the, right as the officer is telling his his partner like oh you need to go have a drink and forget about all this and then he's like okay so where are we meeting at the bar you know what i mean and it's like uh, he goes he goes all right you head down there i'll meet you in 5 minutes first rounds <laughs> yeah, on me yeah it's so good <laughs> Uh, I've kind of seen this a few times. The, the writing, uh, the writing of that whole sequence is just so much fun. Honestly, of yeah. the whole of the whole movie, the like the except for notable exceptions, is is really well written and and fun to watch. Yeah, um, agreed. So, and then from there, you kind of with both movies, you're kind of getting into the heart of the conflict. So, yeah. So as a quick overview, the 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 main conflict of of seventy eight Superman is Lex Luthor is going to Lex uh, Luthor. Lex, yeah, I kind of stumbled again. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's what happens sometimes. <laughs> he is um, old. His man. plan, da- his dastardly plan, is to nuke the San Andreas Fault <laughs> and send the entire West Coast into the ocean because apparently that would be a thing. But like, and then, he, and then his whole his whole scheme is like, oh, it's gonna make all this shitty property I bought so much more valuable. But like, right. wouldn't it irradiate the property he bought too? You know, maybe a few places. I don't know. Maybe not that bad. And it's a five hundred. It's a five hundred megaton nuke. Yeah. Now, for for people who may not understand like the megaton thing, the bombs we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki were in the twenty kiloton range. Um. <laughs> The bombs that we used to do nuclear tests with were in the one to five megaton range and would destroy entire islands. The largest bombs in the Soviet arsenal, which they made, they we tended to make smaller, more weapons. They tended to make fewer, larger weapons. And the, the megaton range of the larger Soviet weapons were in the 15 to 20 range. This is five hundred megatons it would literally like f- obliterate the entire western seaboard probably it would, ira- it, would ir- it would irradiate the entire western region of the united states <laughs> like right i mean you're you're talking like an asteroid strike it's not it's not a bomb strike you're talking it's like literally. one bomb makes a nuclear winter correct for it, for reference i'm looking it up right now a 50 megaton czar bomb um would make a mushroom cloud that shot 200,000 feet into the air. Right. Uh, that's about 20 miles, I believe. No, wait, that's 40 miles into the and air. And that's, yeah. so you multiply that by 10. Yeah. And it, that's how, it, that's how high the mushroom cloud is going with this fucking bomb that he's shooting at it, the, it's that a he's big, 
targeting directly at the property he's trying to increase the value of by dropping the western seaboard into the into the ocean but you see andy the real beauty of this plot is we get the moment where he's going through the new you know hello new west coast my west coast you know uh lutherville costa (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. otisburg otisburg that almost okay do you know why you know when i said to you you know when i said to you i was like Oh, is is Gene Wilder playing um right. Luthor in this movie, right? And right. honestly, like watching Gene Hackman's performance in this, you do have some like Wilder-esque moments. You know what I mean? You know, I'm I'm going to agree with you on that cuz now that I think about it, I didn't think about it too much when you brought it up. But like that, 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 like that Otisburg thing. It's literally like you know? it's it's literally like Igor and 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 Frederick Frankenstein. You know what I mean? They they oh, have yeah, like that totally. dynamic going on, yeah. except yep. it's a supervillain. So I feel like it's pretty understandable that I confused them, especially since they're both named Gene. But <laughs> and so this is where we kind of get into uh, the casting a little bit because Gene Wilder is just fucking fantastic. Gene Wilder, Lex Luthor. I'm, oh my god! I I, uh, I reprogrammed uh, you, your brain, you Gene Hackman. Yeah, you you. Uh, he is he me. is incredible though, as uh, as this as Lex Luthor. Yeah. Honestly, I'd uh, also watch Gene Wilder Gene, play Gene, Lex Luthor. But... I, I would also, but I think Gene <laughs> Hackman does a fine job as well. Uh, so Gene Hackman is is fantastic as Lex Luthor. Yeah, um, he's he's just amazing. And and Ned Beatty. Um, I mean, there's so many great lines between the three of them. Ned Beatty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gene Hackman. I was about to say Gene Wilder again. Gene Hackman and um and uh, Miss Tessmarker. Um, God, what the hell's her name again? But anyway. She, the three of them are just great together. Um, she's yeah. constantly undercutting Lex and, and, you know, kind of pulling him down to earth a little bit. Otis is just a buffoon, um, but a lovable guy, uh, yeah. despite being, you know, a villain and kind of despicable in a way. Um, but they really are great together. Um, that whole scene where they're programming the nukes. <laughs> yeah. That... So, so folks, if you watch this movie, you're not going to have a lot of confidence in our ability to protect our nuclear arsenal. Yeah. Uh, well, but... honestly, if you've seen how we actually protect our nuclear arsenal, <laughs> you shouldn't have much confidence in how we protect our nuclear arsenal because right, it's least... wild how outdated the tech is. But, um, well, at least in this case, it's fun and, and entertaining. <clears throat> um, but the whole scene where with, with a cameo with Larry Hagman, who was, big back in those times where he's the the uh air force captain who comes upon um miss Tessmarker playing a, a woman thrown out of a car during an accident yeah they stop to take care of her he's like uh, what do you well, sir, what have do we to do, do immediate I mouth to mouth <laughs> immediate mouth to mouth with a vigorous chest massage and the guy goes uh, okay he goes no i wouldn't ask anybody to do what i wouldn't do myself you know and, uh yeah it's a great sequence interesting um, something that probably hasn't aged very well in my opinion but Right, you know. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's a little. It's a little. Uh, a little, little creepy. Um, yeah. Uh, Definitely would not fly if you were making this movie today, but probably um. Not. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then there's um. So that's that's the plan, right? They and on top of that, in order to prevent Superman from from taking it out, they the ever present Kryptonite. And kryptonite right, so right you they established kryptonite um and not kryptonite kryptonite yes yeah 
Gotcha. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I don't know the whole that whole sequence. So that that. So this whole main main bad guy plot is pretty flawed. Although I will say, I mean, the thing is, like, we we're ragging on this about like. Oh, they're going to nuke the entire West Coast with a 500 megaton nuke. Like, that'd be devastating. But then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm watching the movie where it's literally a comic book. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not supposed to be taken seriously in any sense. No, and you don't really care. (laughs) So, but I mean, it is fun to rag on it because, you know, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Um. I, and that being said, I still love this movie, right? So yeah, I had a great time with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's that whole bit, and then uh, you know, the other weak part of this is he just you know repairs a San Andreas, San Andreas fall. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, flies underneath and pushes it back up. Honestly, like I don't care about that. the 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 wild thing to me is when he well, reverses to it. <laughs> when he reverses time, correct? Because everybody knows if you just spin the Earth around the other way, it won't destroy everything and kill everyone. It'll just reverse time. Yeah, it it rewinds time like a VCR. Right, and correct. So all the damage is fixed, but. Then it, you begin to wonder, all right, well, then there's two Supermen at the same time. Well, mm-hmm. he's doing everything Wait. else at that point. I don't know. It's a different time yeah. stream. I don't care. You you can't you can't even think about it. Um, uh, but I will say it did give us a pretty strong moment when he when he gets upset to take off to go turn back time or whatever. Um, yeah. That's a pretty strong scene. I, I agree. Um, it's just kind of encased in a lot of like, you know, not great, you know, the with the whole turning back time thing. Yeah. Um, and in Man of Steel, it's basically just like, okay, so he is, he's discovered who he is. He's had five minutes. He's now able to fly like a pro. And then all of a sudden, because he started up that, that Krypton scout ship, that attracted Zod, who turns out had escaped. When the planet blew up, it cracked the Phantom Zone and they escaped. The- Phantom uh, Zone. The Phantom Zone. We Guilty. Then used the Phantom Drive to. Oh yeah, I love that bit. We then used the Phantom Drive as our lifeline to escape <laughs> to Earth. Anyway, so they track him down to Earth, and then they threaten the planet to turn him over. Uh, and it turns out that even though he turns himself over, they're just gonna, you know, wreck the Earth anyway and recreate Krypton on Earth, and then use the Codex ripped from his body because his dad embedded it in his body to repopulate new Krypton or whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's why I called it a war because essentially it is a war for the survival of humanity. Um, if I they guess. lose, they lose everything because they're never going to stop these people. And... Um, uh, and and then from that point on, it's just nonstop action, right? The and it kind of gets into like the next part I wanted to talk about the action sequences and, and all I could, all the only note I had on that is just the the two words fucking ridiculous. Yeah, because I mean, for the I most just, part, I just fucking loved it, man. When they're having the battle, of, they call it the Battle of Smallville in the in the thing, and and. It's just fucking perfect. I just love everything about that battle. I, know I don't know. You don't I don't love that. I don't love that battle. I like the ending battle a lot. I do too. We're gonna get to that. I mean, yeah. basically, 
it, it's like the porn moment moments. I'll go to that scene and I'll go to the end scene when he fights like Zod, and and basically, you know, if I don't want all that story getting in the way and I just want to see like a huge origin <laughs> yeah. destruction, I go to those two moments. I mean, there's because, definitely a, a high spectacle factor. Holy shit! When he when when fucking the big guy throws the train. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. Uh, it, it's just really well done. I will say the action scenes are are great. The fight in the although street, like are... this is what I said. I I know I said this. I definitely said this to you while we were watching it. I was like, oh, I'm watching Injustice. I'm watching yeah, they... an Injustice match right now. Yeah, and when like you said that, that I don't necessarily think... think that's a good thing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I felt it more in the in the um i feel that more in the uh the final battle no no actually i feel it more in the uh smallville fight scene but maybe i mean the whole premise of that scene is uh he it starts because they threaten his mother right after they escape zod's ship and you know they go to smallville and it's kind of there where he decides to be superman sort of right i mean he is kind of protect people um, well, I mean, kind of where he makes the decision, right? He's going to defend his town. He's going to defend his mother. This is his planet now. Um, mm. And, but but just the, the action itself is just crazy. I mean, because honestly, I mean, if you had told 13-year-old me I would get to see that kind of fight in the movies, I would have, like, just, like, jizzed mm. myself. Oops, sorry. Sorry, Mom. Oops. Um, Oops, it's out there now. Oh, you can I, I say mean, fuck, literally. but you can't say jizz. Uh, no, I, no, probably not. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just I I love that action sequence, and at the end, um, and I know this is another part where you and I disagree. So after they kind of defeated the plot to terraform Earth into Krypton, um, and they've kind of defeated the Kryptonians and sent what they thought was all of them back to the phantom zone. And then Zod is still there. And honestly, mm. I, I know you didn't like it. I thought I don't his like speech, his monologue there. I don't like, I it. loved his monologue there. I don't like he... his acting really in this movie in general. It's like, really it's it, to me, like it's just super like stilted and unnatural. Um, well, he's a maniac. Yeah, but that's not, it doesn't read like that to me. You know what I mean? It just reads like, <laughs> stilted and unnatural acting you know uh i didn't think so at all i mean but then again i'm not a professional actor but uh you know but to I don't me know. like i didn't like to, it really to me it it gave you know it it explained his he explained himself pretty well i thought like basically he only exists. I'm not saying the speech. I'm not saying the lines are poorly written. I just don't like the way that he delivers them. Oh, I I thought it was great. I mean, we're just gonna have to disagree on that. I, yeah, I mean, Andy, 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 slut. But what's that? But let me let me say this to you. Uh, even in his best moments, in your opinion, does he ever hold a candle to Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor? Um. You know, in terms of like just sheer, like taking each performance for what it is. I can, I don't know if I can make that comparison. No, I'm not asking you to spe- like to say 
like they're not the for what each performance is going for does he even hold a candle in terms Um, of the success level i think he does what he's supposed to do for that role as does gene hackman i just think gene hackman overall at that point in his life was a much better actor i guess fair I mean, I, I think just, he just, I just think they're being asked to do wildly different things, and I can't. I mean, it. they are, but I think that it doesn't matter, like what, how different what you're being asked to do is. You can still succeed at your specific task, better or worse. And I, I mean, feel like I definitely I f- think Gene Hackman far exceeds in in terms of playing the villain. I think he far exceeds expectations. Um, especially for the time of what they would have expected you to be able to put out from a movie like this, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that like when I think of, when I I think of great cinematic villains of history, right? Right. I think that Gene Hackman's portrayal of Lex Luthor could be put up into one of the best comic book movie supervillains ever. I would not even include, well, I would not even include Michael Shannon Zod in the top 10. I I honestly feel like he would be in that top 10. I don't agree with that at all. I feel like he gets underserved by the story, but I feel like for me he he made Well, me you know, you know what? Hate. I will say this. You know, no, I'll, you say this. Chance, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll say this. No, no, I'm about to agree with you on something. He's I, I think we can agree on this. He's a million miles better than Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. <laughs> Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know okay. what they were. Well, I Honestly, know what they. We, I know what they're trying to do, but we we, we got to talk about BBS gotta, at some point. We got to oh do God. that movie because that movie's because... so bad, dude. That movie's so yeah. bad. I think we need to do that. And we I'd rather watch. Movie. I'd rather watch Zod in this movie a hundred times than watch Luther in Batman v Superman. Well, okay. Once. That aside. That aside. <laughs> I feel that that honestly as as the villain he is um I think he does a great job of playing the character the way it's supposed to be played in this movie. I feel like he is I don't think I'm equivocating there. I feel like he is um 100% up to the task, but I just feel like 78 Superman is just overall a better movie. It, it knows its tone better. And yeah. Gene Hackman strikes that perfectly. Well, and I and, think it's and, just and a better that's, that's, it's just I a better think, done movie. Like I just general. think it's a better done movie, but I think honestly I think Michael Shannon is probably the bright one of the brightest spots in this movie. I don't know. I mean, I think he's I don't know, do I think he's better than Henry Cavill as Superman? I, I don't think know. He is better than I think he might be. He might Cavill. be. He might be. I I will say like the acting in this movie in general does not really impress me a lot of the time. Well, I also wonder too. It's and well, I think we might. I might want to put a pin in that for now until we get to kind of like a the end because um, we're kind of getting into overall like how we feel about the performances in the movie. Um, Yeah. But or maybe it is time for that. I mean, really. I mean, looking at the chart, the chart says (laughs) that we're about there. (laughs) We're about there, Um, and we've kind of been talking about tone and all that stuff anyway. But yeah, (laughs) don't make fun of my chart, motherfucker. No, it's it's actually uh, very useful. So, um, yeah, we talked about a lot of this stuff already, but I, I guess 
the only other thing I was wondering is, did were there any messages? And I really felt that that um, there really aren't any messages in seventy eight. And in no, but I don't think it needs one really. No, I don't think so. I will. It, I guess it, messages. It, in the sense of like, is there anything you can you take out of I this mean, and makes you like when I watch, for example, when I watch the uh, the prequels, right? Like one line I took out of that with me was and from Phantom Menace was Yoda's line about fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. It's oh, I don't even of, think I don't even think that's the best line in the prequels. No, 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 I no, think no, the I, best I, line in the prequels, no, no. non-ironically, is the meme line. Where they say this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause. That might be the oh, best I, line in the prequels. I thought you hated that line. I hate how it's delivered. I think it's really funny how badly delivered it is, but it's a good line. I think. Well, my my only point in bringing up the Yoda line was that sometimes, even in these in these silly movies, you come out with something deep, like you pick up a message, right? And I feel like, you know, Zack Snyder at least is trying to play at deeper things about hope and faith and. <laughs> And you know, you know, I you know feel... overco- overcoming fear of the unknown kind of thing, and and being willing to take that leap of faith. Whereas, whereas seventy eight Superman is just it is just that comic book. It's that number one issue that I is honestly fun. think it's great though. To watch. Like, here, call me crazy, but like, I think I, that's kind of what I'm what I what I like about Superman. You know what I mean? Like the idea that he's just a good guy, and like. He just will always be a good guy because that's just the kind of person he is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of like I, I kind of like that like simplicity. Um, you know, I I feel like well, save the dark shit for Batman. You know what I mean? Well, honestly, you should talk to Lou Rossi then because he totally agrees with you on that. I well, I mean, this, look, this look, I don't to, totally like, very, agree. I don't totally agree. A very, but like, a very controversial thing in this movie was like to to nerds anyway was that was that. You know Henry Cavill, Superman, and in, in Man of Steel, Zod forces him to make a choice of of saving people or 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 killing Zod. Right? He I actually like this moment. Begins, I actually like this said, moment. He to, says to put before the there. fight before the fight begins that either you die or I die. Or during the fight, he says that. And because Zod has nothing left to live for, right? He says that at the beginning. He when before it starts. He says, "You've taken everything away. I'm going to kill everybody here, and you're going to feel every feel it every time I do it." Um, and at the very end, he's about to kill a family, and he makes Superman make a choice, and and he he breaks his neck and kills him. And then and you see it like it's devastating. He's taken this nice guy, average nice guy who wouldn't want to hurt a fly, and made him make a horrific a horrific choice. And so, and I thought that was played really well, and it made sense for the movie, where he'd been Superman for five minutes, and yeah. and he didn't know how to handle it. That's why there's so much collateral damage. Like literally, they killed yeah. tens of thousands of people in this movie. I Metropolis mean, like... is like it's like 9/11 in Metropolis, right? Just buildings falling everywhere. People are just just dying by the thousands, and um, uh, you know. And he makes him make this choice: either he's going to be fighting this battle all, all over the world until everything's in ruins, or he just kills this guy. Um, and maybe there was a different choice, but but literally, like I have this argument with with my friend Lou every time we talk about this movie, he just won't accept it. He's just like, "Oh, so he, so he had to kill somebody just this once. Well, why not do it again?" And I'm like, 
Because you feel well, no, okay. I don't because like. That, I that's do the think moment that makes good... him not want to kill anymore. <laughs> yeah, like I do think right. that that I like that moment of that of too. that scene. I do yeah. like that. Um, I don't know. I think like I in general, I think I prefer Superman to be not a grim dark uh thing. Right. I like. And I think that it could work, do like doing the take they wanted to do with this movie, but I don't think they had the right team to make that happen. Not in terms of actors, but in terms of writing and directing team for this. Well, I mean, everything about it. So they clearly, like like we've been saying all along, they were going for radically different tones, right? I mean, this was a first comic book movie in 78. They made a comic book movie and they made a great comic book movie. And it felt great watching it, and I can watch it over and over again, and I kind of have. Um, and you know, I don't mind the darker tone of Man of Steel, but you're right. I mean, it ultimately you would need just... like you would need like the whole team from the Dark Knight movies to come back and make a Superman movie. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. It's kind of like <laughs> can you can you do that with that character? Because the thing is, like with the Dark Knight, that movie was fucking draining. There's no humor yeah. in that movie. No. There's nothing light about that movie at all. That movie is a And this is, is something a, I feel that's sorely lacking. It's I, right. I feel like there's some that's something that's sorely lacking in Man of Steel is the fact that I feel like Superman as a character has an inherent humor to him just by, by virtue simply of the fact that he's literally indestructible and you know is kind of you know I I feel like there is an inherent humor in the way that Superman usually would conduct himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, well, and 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 for all the talk of like, oh, the symbol on my chest means hope. I I am supposed to be a hope for humanity. You don't really see him try to be that. You know what I mean? There's only a few brief moments, right? There's the moment like uh, he has a couple of lines, like well, for instance, when he's handcuffed in the room where they're interrogating him, and then. He just gets up and then like it's like paper on his hands, right? He just gets up and they break, you know, <laughs> just like yeah. Oh, I know, love that. He's like, that's cool. He's like, that's funny. That's great, right? The other light moment is literally at the very <laughs> end when they sent a drone to spy on him and try to find out where he quote unquote hangs his cape. He destroys it and he has you know that's kind of funny. There was a light moment, but that's yeah. Really. But There's like really not in the light. actual action of the movie, like you never see him try to be like that 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 quote-unquote like guiding light for humanity you know what i mean he just kind of like is there and he's like they're gonna destroy earth i I live on earth you know what i mean um maybe yeah but i mean ultimately he does have to choose who to side with and he makes a choice right but 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 like but overall tonally but but overall about the tone of it like we were talking like it's just it, and and I do I do feel it's legitimate, right? He got. I feel like when the movie came out, it needed to be a little bit lighter. It had to be a little yes, bit lighter. Yes, I I feel like you need to with a movie that would be trying to take like oh this is like a quote unquote realistic take on Superman, right? Like we're gonna have this whole debate about like oh what are the implications of like people finding out that there's an un- unstoppable alien and stuff like that living among us, that kind of thing. If you're going to do that, I feel like you need to have you need to balance that concept and like the darkness of that concept out with a w- with the character of superman with with the, with the unwaveringly positive character of superman you know what i mean 
Yeah, and maybe to, to defend my friend Lou a little bit, I mean, you know, I don't, maybe it's not possible. I would have felt like, you know, maybe he could have tried to get Zod to, you know, see the error of his ways. But at the same time, I think it's pretty clear you got to make a split second decision. And he's no, not gonna... uh, okay. I mean, I like the, I do like the, the, th the scene where he kills Zod. I, I think that's a good scene. Right. I think that that's so, a good character moment for him specifically because it's like, I I don't know. You already said it, but like, I I don't have a problem with that scene actually. I just yeah. have a problem with the way that they write Superman in general throughout the movie. Kind of, he's just he's too kind dour. of just like yeah. He's kind of just like down all the time. He's like really aloof almost. If like, does this make? Am I making any sense here at all? Kind of. You know what I kept think I kept thinking about though is, um, are you familiar with Watchmen at all or no? Um, a little bit, yeah. Well, it just kind of struck me more, and since he made the 2009 Watchmen, Zack Snyder, it made me think a little bit of the Doctor Manhattan yeah scenario where he's he's a god, and over time he just gets more and more disconnected from humanity. Yeah, but like, and, and then I think that like you can't tackle Superman like that because the whole point of Superman is like. Superman is a human with godlike powers. That's why he's right. Superman. And I and I think they get to that by the end. It just wasn't enough. Like so, when he has that moment where he destroys the, the drone and and the general says, "How do we know you won't eventually turn against this like Zod did or whatever?" And he says, uh, "General, I grew up in Kansas." <laughs> you know, so yeah. Uh, I mean, there's moments, but they're not enough of them. It's not and, enough. It's not enough, and I, honestly, that's that's the main flaw. And I think you know, and then one thing we because didn't we're talk gonna about get to is, well, we're gonna get to comparing Superman in a minute. I think, and I think so. And I'm I sorry, really wanted, like there's one that clearly wins, you know. Well, just mainly the other thing too is just that 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 kind of defines both movies as the score, and yeah. clearly, like you know, you've got John, one of John Williams' best works in 78 and then you got Hans Zimmer which is it's a good score but hey Hans Zimmer's a good composer so no he is and and honestly I really like um what he does for the scenes especially the action scenes in the movie because the the score that he does is a very kind of darkly epic theme it kind of reminded me a little bit of uh Ride of the Valkyrie a little bit you know in, mm. in, some, in the way it sounds a little bit I can't think of a better one but uh, but you know, and then tonally perfect is on the opposite side is John Williams score, which is this, this uplifting, just jumps up, it lifts you out of your seat. You know, yeah. you're just, you're, it's just great. You know, um, it just, it's just joyous. You know, it's, it's, it's so much fun to listen to even 40 years later. Um, and yeah, and I, I think that does lead us to, but I think that does also kind of inform well, I guess the score is informed by the tone of the movie, maybe. Not yeah, I mean, so I don't know. You're yeah. going to know the project you're working for as a composer. Yeah. Or you should know the project you're working for if you're going to make a good product, which clearly I think both of the composers did know what yeah. they were doing. But, yeah. um, well, I think, I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty so... impossible to beat John Williams. So, like, yeah. you're kind of all, you're kind of, you're kind of set up to fight a losing battle there. <laughs> um, it's just hard, you know? pretty much yeah um yeah 
Well, and like you said, this kind of gets into the uh, the characters and performances of it. We kind of did anyway a little bit while we talked about it. Yeah. I just think overall, um, I mean, I, I don't know. Dude, Christopher but, Reeve as Superman is just like perfect. Yeah, they struck gold with that. He's just, I, I he's so good. Uh, he just, <laughs> I don't know. He he understood everything about the tone of that movie and like and how, watching and how it. Adopt- you see the disguise of Clark Kent. You know what I mean, right? Where he's where he's like, oh, well, hi, hi Lois. I'm just, I'm a meek little guy from down the down the office. You know, um, right? He plays he, the dork and he plays it beautifully, and and, and he has a totally right. different like voice and and like way of carrying himself when he's when he's Clark Kent. Where you're like, this guy could never be Superman. You know what I mean? Whereas, right, like, you, when you, you see almost... Henry Cavill as Clark Kent, you're like, oh, it's Superman, but with glasses. Super hot guy <laughs> with glasses. Yeah. Super hot guy with a cape. <laughs> like, right. like, you definitely really see, like, there's there are two different characters at play with with Christopher Reeve's performance. Um, sometimes, it, literally, like, in back-to-back moments, you know, um, and it's re- which makes for some great comedy in certain scenes. And you and you really see, you know, how much he relishes, you know, kind of toying with Lois that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, weird, yeah. Right. He's like, so, she has no idea. You know what I mean? Like, and you'd think like that would get him down. That almost, almost that like, oh well, like she's into me when I'm Superman, but not when I'm but, Clark Kent. But, he, but then you're like, the, yeah, but ahead. she's into me when I'm Superman, which I'm always Superman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, so it's like. The scene where he's he goes he's just to messing her with her basically for the interview, and he's just enjoying her being Gaga over him. Yeah. When he when he's used to her just kind of seeing right past him as Clark Kent, um, and just really enjoying the toying with him. Although this does lead to one of your favorite scenes, which we did not talk about. Oh my god! Can you read my mind, Andy? The flying. <laughs> 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 oh my god the fl- so all right i don't I can't believe can i can i talk about this thing. can i no, talk please. about this go ahead okay so the worst part of this entire movie is it's not when they nuke the eastern seaboard it's not when no. he pushes the san andreas fault back up it's not when they turn back time by rotating the earth in reverse it's this moment where where superman and lois lane go flying he says to her oh well would you like to go flying with me and you're like oh okay cool they're gonna fly for a second right and it just goes on like too long right so so you're sitting there and you're watching them like flying around you're like ah ha ha that's hokey that's not how flying physics work lol she'd be falling right but then (laughs) like you're watching that and then it just keeps going and you're like you keep thinking it's almost over but then it's like it keeps going (laughs) Um, and then they fly up above the clouds and no shit, Lois Lane just starts reciting a poem in her mind about like Superman being able to read her mind or something like that. And like, I thought it was just a shitty internal monologue, but then it starts to rhyme and you realize that it's a really like cringy, kitschy poem and like, it's just dreadful. It's like a, like a like a third grader's poem. You're like you're like how did you're watching it and you're like how did this not hit the cutting room floor? You know? I don't know. I mean I they, don't know they, what they were on, but I don't I don't think they needed a pad for time. 
No. No. Um, no. Yeah. The movie right. would just be better without that scene in it. I feel like I, I can't <laughs> you know? believe I really wanted to give you a, a launching pad for that during the earlier discussion, but I forgot. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to do that for you now. <laughs> can can um, you read my mind? Because I, I I'm thinking mind. that this scene is shit. <laughs> and you you read my mind when I gave you the launching pad to go off. Um, yes. And well done. Thank you. Son. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, That's no, that was, that was fucking awful. I, I um, <laughs> it's like, I, what the fuck? I still remember. That's like the Martha being... moment of this, of that movie. You know what I mean? I feel like, so I certainly as a, as a, as a preteen boy watching that movie, I was, I was definitely nonplussed. Like, all right, when's this shit going to be over? Um, but maybe they did it for like, you know, we need something for girls to enjoy i don't know i mean maybe no because girls wouldn't enjoy that because nobody enjoys that but maybe that was their thinking <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i don't know Maybe they weren't thinking i don't know uh yeah either way it it really sucked balls um yeah it's a very odd outlier moment but, <laughs> in but, an otherwise pretty good movie but the only reason so so we went off on that tangent because mainly i was talking about how great or you were talking about, we both were talking about how yeah, we were talking about, was. Yeah. And he's just perfect as the Boy Scout, Superman, you know. Uh, he's Big Blue. Clark. Everything about the movie, the every there's there's so many great jokes and then gags in that movie. You know, the part about where he's going to the Daily Planet and he says, you know, I'd like a portion of my check sent back to my, to this address. And Lois Lane stops <laughs> and says, wait, don't tell me, it's your wonderful silver-haired mother back home and he goes, no no she says gray-haired uh, mother gray-haired. Back yeah, home. Oh, yeah, and then he says actually she's actually not <laughs> yeah and it's <laughs> right. like oh my god and you're like this man is literally just like a straight-up boy scout you know what i mean yeah oh um, it's so great so whatever however they found this guy i don't know but he they literally struck gold and he just delivered the perfect performance all the way through yeah and i remember i remember reading like that that Margot Kidder, I was kind of reading through trivia and stuff last night about it. She thought this movie was going to be a flop. And so, like, she never hey, really Hey, I mean, thought... she had to deliver that poem. So if I had to right. deliver that poem, I'd think <laughs> the movie that I was in was about to flop, too. Probably, you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that probably um, was burned into her brain for the rest of the production process after she, after she recorded that ADR, right. you know? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think we both agree he's the better one. I mean, it's not that Henry Henry Cavill's a bad actor. I've seen him in other things. No, he's not a bad it. actor. It's just I think they've asked him to do to be a really dour Superman. I well, I don't think they directed him well in the role. Right. <laughs> I think that the vision for the way they portrayed the character was flawed from the get go. Right. Well, again, it goes back to your 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 um, flawed Pa Kent message, which was don't show your powers so he spends 10 or 15 years not showing his powers that's why he's like you know saving people on oil rigs and disappearing right that's a big yeah. part of the, the film um but yeah i think that unfortunately they they asked him to be this kind of sullen sulky uh superman and that's what they gave him he gave him um yeah. we kind of went over the villains already i think uh you know nothing needs to kind of be more said there but you know, overall, I mean, they're both strong supporting cast too, but um, yeah, I, I got to give the nod to seventy eight though. Yeah, because, I uh, I mean, it's just yeah. 
I mean, everybody in that movie is good, you know? They I can't are. really think of anybody who's, like, bad in it, you know? Um, yeah, and, I, and I, it's not that... I mean, obviously, both movies have really great people in the roles. It's just, again, it comes back to what they're being asked to do. Yeah. Um, so Amy Adams' Lois Lane is also kind of very dour and serious. And I, and, I think she's and, a good fit for the character, too. I like, do, too. I think she's a really good fit for that character. Right, I, I do too, and I think that she she. I don't a think lot Henry Cavill's it. a bad fit for Superman. No, I, again, like I think it's like I just think that the direct the direction was not where it needed right. to be. Right, because you know my feelings about Zack Snyder as a director, but yep. Needless to say, I'm I'm not really a fan. Um, yeah, and that's why work. you can't wait for the Snyder cut. <sighs> oh, it's gonna be so good. It is going to be good. I'm going you know, to. You, it, know, you know what? You know what? It might actually be a little better than the actual theatrical cut of Justice League. Because Let's put it this usually, way: usually, regardless of who the artist is, <laughs> usually an artist's vision is better than a studio fucked mess. Usually, <laughs> right? Especially with all the shit you're hearing about Joss Whedon now coming out. It's just kind of. I, I don't know if Justice League is salvageable, though. That's the thing. Like, I do not know if it's salvageable, even with that. Change? Honestly, it, it I doubt like it. Com- it sounds like a completely different movie. It does. I still don't think it's going to be good. Well, I think the problem is is it, it, it might suffer from all the stuff that Man of Steel and BBS suffered from. And so what I expect is going to be another mixed bag. Um, but honestly, a I mixed mean, bag... I don't think BBS is a mixed bag. So. Well... I think there's Dude, you want to get there. me you want to get me and and Lou on the same train. I'm sure Lou would also rip into uh the portrayal of Batman in that movie. Well, we'll have to see about having a special guest uh, with Lou, but I don't want to be I don't want to be tag team like that. So uh, uh yeah, well, maybe not. <laughs> you don't have a leg to stand on, so. I Well, I mean, we'll have to see. We're going to have to put that one on the list. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Um I'm not again. It's gonna be like a Suicide Squad one, though. It's not gonna be like. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah that movie was. That'll great. be a that'll be an Andy tirade and not a uh, <laughs> and not a a, a full fledged conversation. No, this is gonna be me just trying to get a word in edgewise. So what are we? Uh, Some kind of Suicide Squad. <laughs> uh, you'll get your chance, smart guy. We already had the. I already had my chance on that movie. No, I meant I, with. I think uh, I used PBS. it quite excellent. Anyway, what I was trying to say was, <laughs> I, I I expect it to be a mixed bag, like like his his movies generally are. So, mm. um, Watchmen was I enjoyed it, but had some issues. You know, he has yet to kind of deliver, like an end to end, I think great movie. Although I haven't seen Three Hundred in a while, but it was not one of those movies that I said to myself, "Oh, I really got to go see that again." so yeah have you seen that watched it oh and i've never felt the need to watch it and i don't think i ever will i i feel like that's the the nerd movie that the jocks really like because it's is that even a nerd movie like does it count no maybe not i mean it is based off a graphic novel i think yeah i think it is but eh. at at least that visually is oh and, and we didn't really talk about it but um just to kind of touch on it um both of these movies i mean certainly men of steel is very recent 
but um, I felt Man of Steel was, especially during the action sequences, was pretty visually stunning. There's a few awkward moments with the CG. Yeah, uh, there's some parts at the end that look like a PS2 game, particularly when they both are like fighting in the air, um, with yeah. no like without touching the ground. That's that's problematic. Um, there, there, there's a few moments like that. Um, you have a little bit of end of Black Panther syndrome going on there. <laughs> Uh, yeah. not as bad as that though. Um, I think, uh, and also, wait, second... you're saying that, that in which one has worse and effects Black, at Black, the end? Black Panther. Yeah, man. That's really noticeable, right? Yeah, right. Revisiting it. You're like, oh yeah. man, they should have, they should have spent a little longer in VFX on that, uh, on that yeah. scene. But, yeah. um, and, but 78 holds up, man. I think yeah, the only effect in that movie that really doesn't hold up is the the running with thing. The train. That looks so hokey. With um, the train, but, where he races yeah, the train. yeah, yeah. But pretty much everything else looks really good. So when you think about it, like, so Man of Steel does photorealistic flying sequences, except for its close-ups, right? And they look really good. This movie, obviously, it's seventy-eight. There's no CG, and he, and nope. he's they're they're doing things that it's very convincing flying i think they do things in this movie in 78 that they actually it becomes kind of film canon for how he flies in terms of how he holds his arms and does things yeah and in 78 they're actually doing things with him that look really cool he's not just a guy on wires although he is but they they angle him um he and and they make the flying look pretty good there's a few it looks really good yeah i think for sure yep uh, I agree. And, the thing um, that kind of the, the thing that kind of doesn't hold up about it is like when he takes off. Usually, it's a little bit like sluggish, you know. It's but a like little, it's a little um, wiry. But edge. while he's in the air, it usually looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Yep. I agree. The um, thing the thing I was really impressed with actually is is when they landed him. Looks very real, you know. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right, because there's no CG transition. Yep. Right, he he's he's coming down on wires. It's but... almost like if you have the capability <laughs> to do something practically, you should right. do it. They should. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, so overall, I think we're in agreement that seventy eight is just kind of a better movie overall. It's just more fun. Yeah. And, I I mean, like, you know, I don't think Man of Steel's bad. No. It's definitely not as bad as other stuff in the DCEU gets. Um, but like, it's not great either, you know, it's kind of just like, to me, a middle of the road comic book movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a shame cause I think it could have been a lot better than it is, you know? Well, I agree. Cause it, like, it's I think there's of... a lot of potential there. It just wasn't fully realized. If you can take that, the, the heavier themes like he wants to get into some heavy themes and some heavy issues with it yeah like just just because some kind of deep sci-fi stuff in terms of um kind of reflecting back on humanity about how we deal with things we don't understand and and you know um general lack of trust and our fears and and if it, if in um if it maybe maybe in different hands or maybe if he had taken a slightly lighter take on it or injected a I, little more breath le- levity into it, maybe it would hold up a little better. I'll but. say this. I do like, I know it might come off. Like I just have a hate boner for Zack Snyder's work, but like 
I really do think it just comes down to he is not the right person to have directed this movie. Maybe. Um, maybe he would have been better off. And they like, needed a different writing staff. But I, I mean, maybe he would have been better as like a Kevin Feige role where he because I, I do think his he has good vision about, I think, how to you know, maybe what stories to tell and how to tie things together across the different characters and the different movies. But at the same time, maybe he's just not the right guy to execute it. So, uh, and apparently neither is Joss Whedon. No. I mean, if Justice League is anything to go by, no. Right. Right. Exactly. So, and, uh, and if, if the, if the rumors are anywhere close to being true about what he's like on set, um, he might have a hard time finding work again. Yeah. So, Anyway, not stuff that I know. Um, all right, man. Yeah. I, I feel better. I mean, we started out low energy, but I feel better. It's I think I recovered talk. a little bit of my energy, so that's good. I think shitting all over the... The, uh, the flying sequence. Yeah the, yeah, the can you read my mind sequence really helped me pep myself back up a little bit, I think. <laughs> Andy, that's what Fight With Mike is all about. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, we actually fought a little bit in this episode. We lived up we to our f- namesake. We did. We fought for the first time in a while, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah. There you, you know go. You want to fight? You fucking got one. Yep. <laughs> a little bit. Exactly. Right? Andy, you ignorant slut. Even though we ended up agreeing at the end. Kind for of. the most part. Right. Kind of. But sort we fought of. A little. We, fought a little. we did fight. Yeah. But you know what? All right.